welcome to another edition of birds of a feather this is your girl aj suburban princess here feeling the need to do a double duty pod just because we were originally supposed to do a pre-game podcast um but sir eddie has had a busy weekend <laughs> and when the co-ed edition returns we will uh post it shortly but in the meantime I'm your girl and I'm here and I'm going to bring it back to the days where Birds of a Feather was just me just in my little zone talking about sweaty mans. <laughs> but before I get into my top 10 NFL hotties list, I just wanted to shout out the Philadelphia Eagles for coming back and not losing what seemed like it was going to be an inevitable second half collapse of a great first half um, performance at home they haven't won any home games so it's the first home game the black jerseys of which i love and against the saints they basically had bare bones on their third string quarterback and they were they were uh missing some tackles and some other players but either way it didn't really matter because at the end of the day when it's time to show up uh you show up and at second half i started to feel like gannon was maybe the reason why some of these defense defensive uh players started kind of falling back into a passive uh, coverage because it just seemed like the Saints all of a sudden had new life and it wasn't until the fourth quarter that the offense even showed up because the offense kind of disappeared and you could tell a lot of plays were going three and out a lot of running plays were getting foiled Hurts was getting sacked but Hurts was the reason why that game didn't um, collapse because he ended up pulling a hat trick and getting his third uh, running touchdown towards the uh mid mid of the middle of the fourth or towards the end of the fourth i can't forgetting exactly how many minutes were left on the clock but the bottom line was they came back but there's a whole lot of questions as to why there's that lull in uh very well played first halves and why the second half always becomes where they start losing momentum early and you don't know why you don't know if it's maybe the players starting to get a little winded or maybe because the offense wasn't producing as much and getting off the field too much that the defense was starting to get gassed because after that, the Saints started looking like they came to play. And so it obviously looked like it was going to be one of those things, especially when you didn't think that the Saints would even score after that first quarter fabulousness that was the Philadelphia Eagles uh, offense and defense. But it was ridiculous. It, it totally took a, a nosedive um, all of third quarter, and they didn't basically do anything but kick field goals. I mean, Jake Elliott, shout out to him. His feet are probably... Uh, needing a massage right now or soaking in some ice because he pretty much ran most of the first uh the second half um offense got very stagnant um yes Miles Sanders did fumble twice but I don't think he was going to be the the focus of the offense that much today other than the fact that he was physically back on the field um they had been doing fine with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott but Jordan Howard ended up getting injured turned out they said later it was a knee injury so hopefully it's not something that's going to keep him out too long um a lot of players got hurt out of nowhere um during this game so it obviously became a physical game especially in the second half when it obvious obviously became a certain uh a lull in the uh db's department i mean at one point avante went down i think it looked like most people said it looked like a stinger because he was kind of writhing and kicking his legs a lot when he went down. So it was obviously a nerve thing and he was grabbing his arm. So it must have like, he must have had some kind of movage in his shoulder that caused that. So he must have jammed his shoulder and uh, they had to check him out. 
he ended up coming back in the game later, thank God. Um, and there were a couple con- there were a couple plays that even Roddy McLeod, I'm sure he wished he would have got that one pick because it was pretty much there for him. But, you know, they broke it up. Slay broke up a play, and then obviously Slay got that pick six later, which really helped. And uh, But then he, he went out with a concussion. So supposedly everybody's okay at this point. Like, guys were tweeting and, and putting, you know, good vibes out there. So obviously not everybody is that bad that they couldn't um, thank the fans and celebrate the victory. But, you know, there are still some questions abounding about why it took so long for the offense to get back on the same page. And I don't think it had anything to do with Howard going down, but it did slow down the running game, of course. I think Boston Scott comes in handy every now and then to pick up yardage that they leave behind. Um, And uh, after that, I don't think they even, I don't know if they even put Gainwell in there at any point. And if they did, it was probably not for enough snaps for me to remember. But I just know that the running game suffers after somebody goes down. But they had to put Miles back in there anyway because you can't hold him down at that point after two fumbles. He has to kind of get over it and you got to give him another series. And eventually he ran outside, but he also ran out of bounds. But I don't get mad about that because I always feel like Miles is more of an outside runner, but at times when he does get an opening, it's great, but he just didn't get that burst right away. And I thought maybe that's probably why he had such a slow start this season before he went, he got injured because there's clearly an issue with him not being able to get in, um, in between the tackles like he, uh, used to a lot when Carson was still here. And I don't know if that was just because the tackle situation, the O-line situation was different, but it's always been different. So I guess it really doesn't matter. It must just come down to how Miles uh, charges through um, and follows his blocks because somewhere between that and Jordan Howard just running quickly up the line, there's a difference. So there's something in what Miles isn't seeing besides the obvious issue of his ball control that is the reason why they don't really like to go to him a lot but I'm glad they didn't divert totally from it even after uh, Jordan Howard went down but clearly it, it became an issue of Hertz deciding to run a little bit more which he didn't need to all the time but I can understand why he got into a rhythm with that because it was clearly they were losing the third down battle after a while and so there was a lot of ground to make up but I also do think there were times that Jalen scrambled a lot more than he needed to again and I think he was falling back into a pattern where he clearly doesn't need to have the ball that long or he didn't need to take some sacks. But all in all, I mean, you can't really bitch. I mean, this this first game at home was in, was integral to the rest of the season even being watchable. I mean, I don't know about you, but I wasn't trying to look at no Gardner Minshew anytime soon. Um, I mean, it's week 11. They still got six more games. And at some point, we probably are going to see Minshew in there. But it's not going to be because, you know, Hurts needs to be benched or anything. I just think... The more and more you see this offense growing, the more and more you see it's no longer uh, a doubt that this uh, quarterback couldn't be here for at least another year, even if he doesn't start next year and they find another rookie that they care about in the draft or whatever. I just don't see any reason for them to not want to keep Hurts for another year after this year because I feel like he's fought through a lot of, you know, uh, chemistry issues with the coaching staff as well as with his with the main coach and then also just with his o-line I don't I don't think he had a lot of trust in them in the beginning and I also think he also has a pattern in his head that he's going to have to run and I think he also realized that he was taking some of the glory from the actual running game by feeling the need to run all the time so I think he felt he was doing too much and they probably told him he was doing too much but either way 
somewhere along the line, I think he finally clicked that he can stay in the pocket and he can throw. Um, but the problem today, I think a lot of times was maybe it was coverage issues. Maybe he was reading people wrong, but his timing was off at times. Like he could have hit maybe three touchdowns that he left out there. And I'm sure the expression on his face, even when they did finally score, um, it, it read to me that he was still in his head kind of wondering why couldn't I have done that earlier or whatever. But it eats at you because this game could have really went away from them. It, they probably would have had at least 40 points before halftime the way they were going and the way that some of those plays would have worked out had you know he had open he had gotten to uh devonta earlier if he had if he had gotten to dallas earlier um and even when dallas uh missed a couple catches in a row i think that was due to the rhythm and i think also the fact that when dallas is free and not blocking sometimes i think he can get a little confused where he's supposed to be but in general uh, Dallas made some crazy catches. I mean, at one point he was literally, you know, juggling the ball in his hand and then managed to still pull it in in time to get the first down. But there are some plays, obviously, with every game that I'm sure most of the offense would like to take back. And the defense still is going to have issues with getting gashed late in the games. And that's just because they miss BG. But I don't think it even is just with BG. I just think that whatever scheme or whatever uh, guys that are up front now, there still seems to be a slight miscommunication as to when they're supposed to be in a certain gap and when they're not. And that happened a lot in the third quarter. So a lot, um, there wasn't as many sacks on Simeon as there was on Jalen, but they're obviously two different quarterbacks. So I think just the blocking situation was just not working. Uh, most of the third quarter but by the fourth quarter it just became obvious that they needed to make a play period and when slay went out i think that it, it was obviously wasn't going to be another pick six coming but a fumble here um whether or not they could just hold them to three points that was really really important because i didn't see the saints at that point scoring 33 points i mean the one play where Simeon ran in, I don't think anybody knew where the hell he was. or And I don't know how that's possible because he's not fast. And he also, he really never had that room before up until that third quarter. So I think there were just a lot of missed assignments. And I also do think that the offense went off the field too often and, and the defense got gassed early. So it's hard to keep all fourth quarters even. But when the offense plays so fast and then they can't get a third down to save their life for most of the most of the third quarter into the fourth, yeah, the defense is probably going to start slacking on some of their coverage because they're tired and also the main guys that were there earlier aren't there. Uh, Davion Taylor, I forgot, he's another injury that went down. So he probably covered some of the areas that um, Alex and TJ, shout out to TJ Edwards because he was killing it today with all his, uh, he got the pick that was needed before um, Slay's pick. And then Alex Singleton came in handy at times, but he also got burned at one point during one uh, uh, one wide receiver had stepped past him. So, or Mark Ingram, I think it was Mark Ingram that uh, uh, backed away from him and kind of switched up real quick on Alex and Alex lost it. But in general, they're always going to have the same issues, but you just pray that it doesn't really um, take over the actual result and, I mean, overshadow the, over, uh, the overall result because the overall result was that they won. And they won big. I mean, 40 points. I don't think they've scored 40 points this year at all. And if they have, forgive me, because I'm sure anybody, if you're listening, is probably going back and saying, yeah, they won 40 points here. But, I mean, to me, the only win that was really, really impressive out of all these so far have been has been the uh, week one um, 
uh, went in Atlanta because that was obviously the thing that kickstart hope that, you know, Hertz was going to be able to blend with this offense. But, you know, the other teams that came in early in the season that were better than us, I mean, better than them, it's going to show how much work they still needed to do. I mean, and it's a mental thing. I mean, honestly, whether or not you want to blame Gannon, I still don't think Gannon is really the coordinator answer. But if you don't have anybody, if there's no one else in mind that could even have any interest in taking on a defense assignment with uh, the Eagles, then we're stuck with him. Um, Nine times out of ten, most of these guys are going to stay. I mean, I don't don't see anybody getting fired at all, really, especially because the better they get, the more – the front office is probably going to feel justified and say you got to give them a chance you didn't give them a whole year to work with this team and some of these guys won't be back next year um some players may just get released just because of injury concerns you know because there were several guys that seemed to be getting re-injured over and over again so I don't even know if even Davion Taylor might stay you know you just don't know I mean as much as I want to believe that he uh started getting into his stride him being injured again with the knee and then not letting him back in just it shows that they don't really have trust with him long term so I think it's why it's important if TJ and Alex are still hot out there and then um I heard Sean got hurt I don't know when Sean Bradley went down but they said it was a shoulder um so he never I don't think he went back in but if he did I missed it I just think that little things like that can kind of creep up and become long-term hindrances and you just pray and hope that the Eagles just decide to finally like cross that bridge and get another linebacker. Um, because clearly the guy they got from the Vikings didn't work. And it seems like nobody since they let go of Nate Gary has really been able to consistently play up until TJ. And I saw t- little glimpses of TJ's um, potential last year. And I think even a little even before that season, I thought that he was actually showing a little bit of promise. But, you know, I'm still kind of upset that they didn't keep Will from... Um, uh, I forgot his, his last name, but he was he's a Philly native. He was the one that I think he didn't see what everybody else was, uh, why he was being released. And I think at the time they also just had too many players and he just happened to be on the short end of the list. I think that it would be nice for them to bring him back, but I think he's, he's either back in Houston or he's, I don't know if he's still playing even on a team. I'm not even sure. I could be wrong, but I know that if he was that decent enough, he'd probably still be playing pretty well. So... I don't know, maybe they saw something they didn't like about him, but I feel like with this different regime, it, if they needed somebody who could who could fill in a blank, I would feel like if he's available, they should try to look at him again, but here nor there. Um, and he's probably not even a linebacker. I could be wrong. He could be a safety for all I know. He's kind of small. But it's just certain people that you wonder that they if they cut them too soon, you know, and a lot of the times with the Eagles, with some of these wins and some of these losses, you do sometimes kind of look at certain people that play and flourish other places, like whether or not their talent evaluation was a little rusty. But I digress. So on to my top 10 list. I'm not going to make this long because I didn't want this to be uh, as droney as the one I had before, which I didn't realize how long it was till I listened to that pod, but... My top 10 NFL hotties, we're going to start with uh, Baltimore tight end Mark Andrews, simply because I think he is a babe. He's as, he also still having a stellar year right now for the Ravens. He, he made an amazing one-handed catch again in today's game um, versus, um, who did they just win? It was 16-13. They almost lost to, oh my God, who am I blanking? Ah, uh, whatever. Anyway, 
it's nighttime, forgive me. I'll remember. I know they won 16-13. So the point is he he's one of the reasons why they did. Lamar has been sick for a while off and on. And as much as they say it's not COVID related, I do find that the fact that he had been reported having COVID more than once or twice this year uh, before the season even got underway um, worries me that even if he doesn't have COVID, he has some kind of a viral infection or something's going on. So I just think that if, if it's something that becomes... Uh, something that affects him being able to really play the way he wants to play. I'm just nervous that it's it, it could be something like COVID or something um, or one of the, uh, what do you call them? Like the Delta or the Lambda or whatever those other uh, viral branches off of COVID are. So I'm just praying and hope that it's something temporary that he may just have a, some kind of a stomach infection or whatever. And maybe he just has to take a week or two off. So, but his backup, Tyler Huntley came in and, and played as good as he could play he did enough that he could at least squeeze out a win by getting that one touchdown um to the running back there so good for the Ravens but Mark Andrews is a hottie just because of the position it's because of his prolificness on the field and he's just a cute dark dark haired light-eyed guy and uh just very solid solid player but he's also built very nice and uh you know if you follow him on IG you know what I'm saying so my number 10 hottie is Mark Andrews Number nine is A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is a wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans who lost today in a very, very confusing game. I don't know why they lost that game, but um, from the from what I saw, it just seemed like there was just a lot of issues on defense um, since they're missing Derrick Henry. I don't know if maybe that's why the offense was stagnant, um, but they got pretty much beat up today, shockingly. Um but AJ Brown recently came out and admitted that he had been battling with uh, depression to the point where last, like maybe last year, year before he said he contemplated suicide and the fact that he was nervous about it. I loved about as a, as a, as a black male and this crazy world that it seems to be using black men, um, strength and vulnerability against them. It's good to hear someone like AJ Brown actually come out and admit it and say that he's, you know, he's been better than he's been in a while he's been doing therapy and all that and I feel that many black men especially male athletes never want to talk about mental health but knowing that him amongst him and Lane Johnson from um, the Philadelphia Eagles talked about it this year I hope it's a trend I hope it's something that will become uh, common ground for guys to understand when they're maybe dealing with maybe not so successful seasons or even just stuff that comes from their personal lives into uh, their professional lives that it's not looked down upon and maybe other people who seem to worship athletes to such a degree will realize it's okay to talk about it and if that's the only thing that gets it out and gets you feeling normal and regular and refreshed then do it whatever can keep you on this earth worth I mean on this earth longer and healthier do it get the help take the meds whatever you got to do pray but hearing a, a black male wide receiver NFL player speak that way was just refreshing and I'm very happy for him next I got just who I was speaking about earlier Lamar Mark Andrews is quarterback uh starting quarterback Lamar Jackson what can you say MVP status already even if he's been battling a lot of uh infections this year I think that Lamar is definitely someone that um because he was slept on the draft a couple years ago and that's one of those things you never forget I think he's always had a chip on his shoulder to prove to the NFL that he can be a starting QB 
there's not much to say. I think he's cute. I like his scratchy voice. Um, it does kind of irritate me that he hasn't gotten into the set Super Bowl yet in such a short span of time because I always feel like that window is only open but for so long for athletes and especially athletes that I think people want to believe is a flash in the pan because you know they want to put him in the category of Vic which I understand because he runs a lot and he's very good at it but I think on top of him and Jalen Hurts they've both been trying to prove that they don't have to run all the time and they can stay in the pack pocket and this year I think Lamar has proven that he has been in the pocket and been able to successfully run his offense but he also lost a lot of his offense in the beginning of this year because two of his running backs went down in a row on a practice and he also lost a lot of his tackles so he's been dealing with nothing but adversity this season especially with every with being post 2020 post covid i think that lamar has definitely proven that he has overcome a lot of of things that would normally slow down a team slow down an offense and he's willing to fight through every win or loss I mean, they had a very bad loss with Miami a couple weeks ago. And it was really kind of embarrassing to watch that game because it was a Thursday night game. It was a slow game. It was one of those games that for some whatever reason, nothing was going right. Um, I think it was even raining. It was just like a mess. It was hard to watch. It was one of those games that everybody, all they could do on both sides, whether him or Miami, they could only manage to get field goals. So it was just even worse to know that a, a loss like that just makes you kind of question whether or not I don't know, it was a Thursday game, so you could still be fatigued from the previous weekend game. Who knows? But just, it was rare to see Lamar not exactly thrilled to be on that sideline, you know, in a while. Because most of the time, the team's been squeezing out wins, whether it be a fourth quarter dramatic rundown. But he's he's a fantastic player to watch. Um, and I hope he gets well soon. And I adore all that his country about him and and almost like very old school at the same time he's very he's not exactly demonstrative with his personal life so you, you know, I mean I think it, recently it was found on Twitter that he had a daughter so it's like a lot of people didn't even know he had a baby so it's I'm glad that he's private about it but you know someone like me who thinks he's adorable you know it's like okay that's great 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 glad you have a baby what a wonderful I just think you're cute <laughs> so I'm just putting him at his space of his actual number on his jersey which is eight so he is number eight Moving on to the Steelers, uh, free safety Minka Fitzpatrick, who I thought was very cute from the door. He was on the Dolphins for a year and they ended up not playing him a lot, so he ended up getting traded to the Steelers. And just recently this year, he went on um, injury or COVID. There was a reason why he was out. I think he's been out either for injury or for COVID, but he hasn't been playing. The Steelers are actually playing right now against the Chargers and Minka's not there. So I don't know if he has a life like not like a life but uh, the rest of the season injury or if he's just down with COVID and not able to participate until he gets you know off the list after 10 days or whatever the protocol is but I know that's why he recently hasn't been playing but he's a good looking guy you know um looks like he might have a little little salt and pepper going on maybe some background that's different from his name definitely seems like he has some kind of a uh Eurasian kind of background but it's it's he's a very good looking guy um he's definitely a very prolific player because I know when they played the Eagles he pretty much I think he picked them off I think he picked Carson off at least once or twice or caused a lot of disruption on the Eagles um that year so he is a good he's a pretty decent player and on the rise so but he is an attractive guy so I give him a little shout out you know PA player 
um, and a safety, um, someone who I actually wanted them to, the Eagles to grab once he was, uh, rumored to be getting traded. I was kind of hoping he would come to our team because I'm like, we could use some safety help. We could use a quarterback, whatever he is, but he's a free safety. And, uh, Hey, whatever happens, whatever works, works. I personally think he's wasting his time on the Steelers, but you know, I also wanted Claypool and Claypool's, you know, balling as usual on the Steelers after recovering from an injury from last year. So whatever, you know, you can't, you can't win them all, but Minka is number seven. So number six, I'm going to bounce up to, uh, well, down to Cleveland for the Browns. Miles Garrett is defensive end. He's a very, very big guy, very tall, masculine, manly, big, huge muscles, just a dynamic appearance. He's very, very strong. And he's, you know, it's hard to miss him. He's very dangerous. If he's coming at you as a quarterback, you should be fearing for your life because this brother is huge. Um, and definitely one of the ones who's definitely not shy. He posed for the naked issue about three or three seasons ago, maybe two or three seasons ago. And I remember I could not get my eyes off of that figure of his. He is very rock solid looking. He's got the, the abs, the shoulders, the arms. I love the arms. I always joke and tweet at him like he's going to answer me back. But I always just say like, please pick me up. I just want you to pick me up, throw me over your shoulder. But he's a... He's attractive in the sense that he definitely has a very strong physical prowess. He's kind of soft-spoken, but he he's he's very open, I guess, in interviews, I should say. So it's not like he's like standoffer seeming. Um, obviously, recently, some of the controversy he had was the reason why he was out for a whole season uh, before 2020 um, due to the altercation he had with Mason Crosby that led to a lot of people thinking that you know, Mason did my may or may not have called him allegedly the N word. And that's what caused him to (laughs) knock Mason upside the head with his helmet. But either way, the point is he's a strong dude. I wouldn't mess with him. So he's my number six moving up to five halfway through my QB. Number one, Jalen hurts, Alabama, Oklahoma university QB at one point traded places with uh Tua from Tua Tagaloba whatever I can't say your last name sorry sir but anyway Jalen is my number five halfway through only and not number one yet because you know he's new he's still on the team as a newbie still rookie technically even though he's not really but he is if you know what I'm saying he's a rookie starter but he technically was a rookie last season when he kind of took this opportunity, actually, coincidentally, against the Saints last year to start shining um, for what would end up being his future squad this year. So the Saints, in a way, kind of ushered Jalen in, no matter how they liked it, like it or not. Um, the Saints seemed to be a good matchup for uh, Jalen to shine. So, like I said, there was a lull in the obvious game when I was running back the whole game in, in general tonight, but... You know, Jalen has been growing leaps and bounds. I think he's very confident in himself, but I don't get that he's cocky. I just get that he's one of those guys who's always kind of felt like football was his thing. And when you're starting to learn how to adjust your style to the NFL type of reality, and you have coaches that aren't exactly the coaches you're used to, it's a lot of adjustment for someone like him. But I mean, come on. The reality of Jalen Hurts is that not only is he not an unattractive guy he's very very swaggy very clean cut 
Um, I didn't even know that he had dreads at one point when he was apparently was in Alabama or Oklahoma, one of them, he had dreads. And every time I see old pictures of him, I'm like, who's that? And yeah, so apparently he used to have the, the dreads. So seeing him very clean cut now, I guess it's totally a growth for him as a player, you know, um, he's a very attractive guy, obviously. I wasn't paying him no mind right away, I'll be honest. I mean, because I was still getting over the shock of our our squad changing so dramatically at quarterback. But, you know, Jalen can dress. I mean, homie is definitely someone you want to take you out to dinner with because he just always looks the part. He's very calm. He's very old school. He does seem like he just has a very old spirit, which I think for girls, especially as church-going girls, or I used to, but who are church-going girls or, or girls that are, you know, well-kept. Um, Jalen is definitely that ideal brother to hang with, daydream about, wish to take you out to dinner, say it in a very classy way and not give you the runaround or anything. But he's smooth. I mean, that's I think that's the one word everybody seems to use with him is he's smooth. And uh, hopefully we'll see more of him in the following season after the season's over. So Jalen Hurts is definitely man of the hour but in my top 10 he is right now at number five and things will change so relax all right right above him is only because he has pretty much run the table for tight ends up until his recent uh, acl injury this tight end was someone i liked even the start of this year into actually started last year really liking him when i started seeing him play more and who wouldn't want to catch a ball for Aaron Rodgers, you know, if you're an up-and-coming uh, tight end. So this player, Rob Tanyan Jr., is my number four, simply for just swag. You know, he's one of those guys that seems to always be in the right spot. Um, he's very attractive to me. I like that recently he's been growing his hair out to do the little man bun thing, which I love. And he just seems like, you know, very squeaky clean type guy, you know. But I don't know. I, I guess I like him because he's... He- Back to my top 10 NFL hotties. This is AJ, the Bird and Princess, Birds of a Feather. Finishing my list here um, at number four, like I was talking about, Rob Tanyan Jr., tight end for the Packers. Someone who I just recently started crushing on within the last year or so. I mean, top 2020, uh, well, top 2020 t- tight ends, obviously, of last year seemed to stick out was was him amongst other obvious tight ends on this list and will be coming forth shortly. Rob Tanya Jr. just seemed like a guy that uh, I think I started eyeing once I saw him interviewed um, after one of the games, probably a late night Sunday night game, and he was interviewed with Scott Van Pelt, and the interview was very, you know, it had to be obviously with Zoom and stuff at the time, and I just thought he was very attractive, very simple, clean cut, you know, white boy, but at the same time, hey, everybody has their thing, you know, he's just very easy to look at. But it wasn't easy to look at him going down in uh, the Arizona game, which turned out to be a very physical Monday Night Football game. But it also turned out to be a very good game, especially for the Packers, because of all people to end that game on a, a W was a random uh, interception by Razul Douglas, who used to play for the Eagles. But um, Rob ended up going down an injury, um, and it turned out it was a torn ACL in his left leg, left knee. So I'm um, sad to say that he is not playing, obviously, the rest of the season, but hopefully he can come back from this recovery because he hasn't really been on the team that long. Um, 
he's he's technically like maybe two years two seasons removed from being a rookie I think like 2019 when I researched is when he officially got in the NFL but um, he hadn't really done anything he started on the practice squad for the Packers Packers so he hadn't really actually no take it before then he was in Detroit my bad he was in Detroit and he didn't really get a, a lot of targets so eventually he moved on to the Packers and was on the park practice squad and moved up obviously so um you know obviously most of his his big hits or his big catches came within the last year or so and he started kind of making a buzz out there so he became Aaron Rodgers uh one of his favorite targets besides Devontae Adams so seeing Rob not on the field is kind of sad a lot of the players on the Packers went down but there has also been major injuries everywhere in the NFL so unfortunately he got bit by the injury bug and you know they've slowly been recovering although the Packers lost today in um a field goal defeat with the Vikings but you know it is what it is at this point I I just think that he's cute he's up and coming um hopefully he'll be more productive in the future but most of my lists are tight ends so let's just keep it funky I mean there are just it's a sexy position I guess a lot of the guys that are play with tight end are very um in my opinion most of them are generally attractive guys um they're very fit because they have to be an easy target um for the quarterback so so just calm down if you're noticing a theme here but yes I do have a thing for tight ends anyway moving on to number three the man of the hour the tight end of the Eagles Dallas Goddard tight end number one Mr. Hottie um very undercover hottie uh not someone that most people probably would look out there after especially after Zach Ertz left um and uh, it's one of those things that, you know, Dallas stepped up because he had to. Um, and also because even when, Martin, when Zach was still here, he became almost like uh, Zach's twin. I mean, they pretty much every time they caught the ball in the same game, a lot of guys, even the commentators, would get them confused. They would think that Goddard got the touchdown, but then it would be really Ertz or Ertz and it would be Goddard. So he definitely learned a lot play-wise from from Zach Ertz but the difference between him and Zach Ertz one is the obvious skill wise is that Goddard can block Goddard can block a lot Goddard has always been very handy with that specificity of skill to the point that you know Zach would kind of always be left more catching towards uh, the end of one season because Goddard can block now mind you at some point Ertz had to kind of get over that reality of his of his skills that were limited but he um I think eventually he started blocking a lot better and I think even before the Super Bowl he was actually starting to get into that but you know it really wasn't his skill he was basically a pass catching tight end and Dallas kind of had the had Ertz back a lot of the time and he was always catching balls that just seemed like they were tailor-made for him out in the middle of the field Zach kind of was known for the for the one-handed up the middle even slants but I think Dallas has shown a lot, even after Zach was uh, traded to Arizona, um, that he can be useful for not just blocking. And I'm hoping he'll see the end zone this year. But last year, it seemed like he was in the end zone a lot more than this year. And this year, it seems like he's he's just more important to helping the O-line be stable and also um, create blocks for Miles or Devontae or whoever. Devonta, excuse me, I keep saying Devonte. It's probably wrong, but um, and I just think he's cute because he's just very oh gosh, Midwestern humble dude. Even though he's six four, 
And I just started liking him, especially because I got finally got a chance to have my Zoom conversation with him and Avante, and I already knew I would like him, and he seems very cool and just chill, like very simple. I don't think there's no BS with Dallas. Um, but he's recently getting over a concussion, and I think maybe why that's I think he was still a little little rusty today in the game, but the catches that he did make were important, but I think there were other ones he probably would love to have back. But I think I don't think any of these guys are really 100%, obviously, after a concussion protocol. Um, but if they're able to put two senses together, I assume, and not walking crooked or seeing double, they are able to play. But um, I think it might take Dallas a little... I could tell even when they showed him in the post-conference uh, presser tonight, he still seemed a little like out of it. But um, he wasn't out of it to sign his contract. I mean, that'll definitely sober you for a day once you sign a contract when you got re-upped and you got your extension so I'm very happy for him I know he has a girlfriend but it's one of those situations where it's just the fact that it's someone on your team who is consistent for the most part and someone who actually can be an all-around good reliable target for the quarterback and also a reliable blocker for his um, wide receivers and running backs so He's multi-talented, um, underrated at this point, but he won't be for long because right now at this point with his extension, he's definitely going to get targets a lot more. But I also think that um, you're going to expect just as many mistakes as anybody who makes when they become like the person on the, on the field. But Dallas has shown a lot of consistency. And I think the only thing that really made people doubt him before he got extended extended on his contract was his injury um, status because he was out for most of 2020 because of an ankle injury and it really affected his progress but I also think he had a couple someone said he had a concussion before I don't remember him getting a concussion before but he could have um, in his uh, rookie year but he played just as well if not the same like I said as Zacherts when he was here so he obviously was a good um influence on him but now that Zach is now balling AZ literally today he was just playing very well for the Cardinals beating the Seahawks today but Goddard definitely has a big future ahead of him and I like his I like the fact that sometimes I really cannot tell if the dude is white I really do think that he has something in him that is just non-Caucasian but I also think he's also very Midwestern I mean he's went to school in South Dakota so I think he's a Midwestern boy at heart, so, you know, he's a simple guy, but I don't know. My my spidey senses tell me that he might like a little chocolate. But anyway, we're going to move on. Above him is his successor, just like I said before, that Ertz is number two. Why is he number two? You'll see soon why. He moved to a team that already is pretty much Super Bowl bound, in my opinion, and they still probably have a shot to get there because even without Kyler... Uh, Kyler the court uh, damn Kyler what is his last name <laughs> anyway even though his quarterback is not there right now because he's still injured from ankle injury that seemed to take out a lot of people during that last game that game they played against um, the Packers uh, Zach Ertz has still managed to continue to catch balls out of nowhere and has seemed to always been a, a steady target so I don't really think Zach's blocking or lack of blocking skills or whatever that they want to keep throwing out there when we when he was here. 
He had a very prolific career. He grew a lot in Philadelphia, but I think now the Cardinals are going to get him on a, at the point of his career where he's pretty much as more polished as he could ever be. I mean, he's 31 now, so he's, he's definitely no young buck. But at the same time, I think he's smarter, wiser, and more prolific. I think he knows how to take care of his body. Um, I don't think he has any kind of hesitation now in his play. I think sometimes he was a little timid when he was here in Philly. But I think in AZ, they're going to get the best part of him. So I think he's still continuing to be the hottie that he's always been. You know, those th- those thick eyebrows, the cute smile. He has a natural, sexy grin. Um, obviously, we all know about him and Julie, his wife, who is a soccer star, two-time champion. And so, you know, they're just a very attractive couple. But Zach has always been um, modestly attractive to me just because... He's confident in his play, but I also do think that he's shown that he loved playing here in Philly and and every fan is going to turn to mush when they know you really love the city. Um, He still continues to do his uh, ministry work that he does with House of Hope and the Earth's Family Foundation. So I think that he's become not only just a a great tight end, a Super Bowl champ with with our city, he has a lot of history here. But he's also, to me, has grown increasingly, increasingly more attractive. The more um, his confidence is shown through his play. Um, he's married. I think he's, you know, no longer just this timid tight end who didn't want to get hit. I think he's he's gotten the worst hits at this point in his career. So I think now at this point, there's no fear. He's He's been a Super Bowl champ. He's been through it all. He still has football left in him. So however his career ends in AZ, I just hope he ends with another ring because I think he deserves it. And um, I loved when he went faux mohawk, you know, before the season, you know, while he was figuring out what what they were going to do with him contract wise. And he kind of got a little rebel, rebel spirit in his, in his image. And I don't know, his style changed a lot, especially after the Super Bowl. He started rocking these like really suave suits and wearing these hats that he, he kills wearing a fedora. No, I don't think it was in a fedora. I think it was just a nice, nice hat. But either way, his style changed. Apparently, I think the rumor was that uh, Malcolm Jenkins influenced a lot of that. But which is good because you know Malcolm Jenkins can dress, and so if that rubbed off on him during that Super Bowl year, um, that could also add to uh, Zach Ertz's prowess and swag that uh, emerged from him as he uh, as he grew up as a tight end. And I don't know personally, he just seems a lot more confident in himself and that's always attractive so he's grown leaps and bounds as tight end and I and we think we all still miss him I'm still following him on social media and follow the Cardinals just because I think he makes that team even more uh, exciting and I wish nothing but the best for him and Julie and uh you know if she decides that you know she's going to continue to play soccer you know while he plays in Arizona or if she I don't know decides to have a baby soon God bless them both because I think that um, they're going to be more famous than just being the super duper sports couple. I think there are probably going to be people who are um, who will keep some kind of a ministry going on some level. And that's always great for people who are spiritual or even Christians or even people who aren't Christians, but people who are just good people. And, you know, with him just being a hottie in general for for a while now in um as far as Philadelphia is concerned, you know, as far as the Eagles concerned and as far as being a tight end, this is why he's my number two, but he'll always be our number one in Philly. And now to my number one, 
Zach Ertz's teammate, James Conner. James Conner has always been hot <laughs> from day one. Uh, dude was a Pittsburgh native, so him being on the Steelers for a couple years was always a blessing in disguise. We all know him mostly because he uh, revealed that he had went through a lymphoma, like a cancer, a brief uh, bout with cancer, and he survived it enough to be able to still play professionally. Um, you know, he's he's a he played for I think he played at U Pitt. I think he did play at, at Pitt, Pittsburgh. University of Pittsburgh but either way he's a he was a PA guy through and through but he's a hottie um if anything I'm deaf I'm definitely interested in his like nationality background because I feel like there's a lot going on but um he always came off to me looking like a Latina but I'm not sure and I don't want to speak on it too obviously too much I don't know but he's a very attractive guy um dark tall you know Another thing with Zach Ertz with the grin, you know, he he loves he loves to look good. I mean, homie just has always been built good. He he has a definite bravado about him. That's again not cocky, but um, him being a running back, I'm sure his his health is his body is definitely a priority. And he was out with injury, I think, which is why maybe possibly why he got traded from the Steelers because I think maybe he was injured a little too long. I don't know exactly what his injuries were, but I'm sure and him being a running back, anything, knee, back, neck, whatever. But um, he's doing very well, obviously, on the Arizona uh, team. So, And in fact, I think he scored a touchdown before the end of the game today. So he's still flourishing. He's still fine. I still love when he posts his workout videos on his page, on his social media. Um, deep, deep, uh, deep voice says very little but says just enough um which is always attractive and you know he's a hottie he's a hottie boombalati and i make him number one just because i think that he's always been the hot dude like he's it's nothing he grew into it's not like he's like oh i never thought he was attractive no james connor has been fine since day one since he even came into the you know the nfl world so i give him props for consistently being hot and taking care of himself and you know whether he's on a new team and not on the Steelers anymore, it's probably better off. He's obviously very, uh, he's a very proud player because every time he scores, he's just, you can tell he's not only thankful because he instantly gets on his knees and pray and thanks to God, but he's, um, he's just, he's just a good looking dude, you know? And he's to me, the definition of a, a, a true NFL player in the sense that, you know, the cocky is only on the field, you know, and if he is outside of the field, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't care. I would understand though, <laughs> but yeah, he's just good to look at. And that to me alone is the reason why he's number one. Uh, don't go change to James Conner. You are just as fine as you want to be. And, uh, whoever's with him is lucky to have him. So there we go. Um, sorry, my broadcast broke up, but I'm doing it from, from the PC and I don't think it allows me more than 30 minutes at a time. So, if you were listening, thanks for listening. Um, hopefully at some point I will grab my partner, Eddie. We can co-ed together and do another post-game uh, pod and discuss our thoughts on this game. This game was very good to watch between the Eagles and this and the Saints. The Saints gave us a little bit of a scare, but um, the Eagles pretty much were always in this game. It's just that they were going to be burdened if they lost it because of their own lack of um, 
defense. Um, defense is probably always going to be leaking oil this year. I mean, let's just face it. Once you lose Brandon Brooks and Brandon Graham, you're not going to have the true feel up front. I mean, honestly, you know, Flexure Cox and uh, Jannard Avery and Hargrave, Javon Hargrave can only do it so much. But if the DBs are missing Slay, it exposes a lot, especially as to why Simeon ended up in the end zone on that one play. So... Yeah, it got a little messy, but they they figured out just in time how to lock it up. And it was a good game to watch, if you, especially if you were there. So shout out to all the tailgaters. Shout out to all those who went. And even those who watched, um, I was tempted to grab my tequila in the fourth, just like I thought I would. But I didn't have to do it. And I'm glad. So fly goes fly. Thanks for listening, AJ. It's Suburban Princess. I am out.